You're listening to Bible Standard, a podcast about issues and ideas from a biblical worldview. My name is Jordan Ham. Join me as we find out what standard we live by. Welcome back to the By What Standard podcast. This is going to be episode four on the fourth commandment, keeping the Sabbath. Um, so yeah, it's been a little while um, since I did the last one. I know I said I was going to try to be doing these on like Thursdays, and well, what happened was um, I had my scripts written out up to honor your parents, and I was working on you shall not murder. And my phone charger, the port where my phone charges into, was acting up. Like I was having to really shove the the charging cord up in there to to, to get it to contact, and it just wouldn't charge. So I thought, well, um, I've replaced things on my phone before. I'll just order the piece that I need on Amazon, and I'll replace it. No big deal. So I so I did that, and I got the little kit out and um, put that all together. And um, <laughs> what ended up happening was. I ended up um, accidentally cutting the wire to the screen, which then, um, so I wasn't able to use the screen, so like, oh, oh shoot, that that, 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 that didn't work. Um, so I ended up having to order a new phone um, because I ordered a new screen for my phone, um, and turns out the um, circuit board got damaged <laughs> from me trying to replace the charging port and that phone was unusable and then um, I lost all my script stuff that I had for this episode so I was like oh well that that stinks well I just need to redo it and then I kind of went through this stage where I was like ah should I continue to my podcast should I not um, is that a good idea or blah 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 and um, so I finally said yeah I just need to finish it at least need to get the series done because this is just something I've kind of I've committed to I still need to finish it and um, then I decided, well, I'm, what I want to do is at least get all of the other commandments written out before I do my episode. That way I just kind of prepared so I'm not like scrambling trying to get other one done um, that I had them all prepared beforehand. So I pretty I pretty much have all the commandments written out except for um, You Shall Not Covet. That one I'm about ready to work on. But everything else has been finished and ready to go. Um, so yeah. That's that's what's been going on, and that's why it's that's why it's taken a while. <laughs> so so yeah, that's the that's the situation I'm I'm in. But uh, the cool thing is now that I got everything um, written out and done, um, I think after the Ten Commandments, what I what I what I want to do, I may not end up doing this, but I bought a book. Um, on the London Baptist Confession of Faith, and um, I think I'm gonna go through that. I, I think there's like 55 or 100. I can't remember which one it is, but there's a lot of these confessions of faith, and they just break down just simple topics like who is God, um, what is what is man's purpose, what is sin, what is baptism, and so they ask the question. Um, they give a response with scripture, um, and I think that'd be something good for me one just to confirm everything that i believe um just to like refresh my mind um just kind of give you guys saying hey this is what christians believe i mean 
Of course, being the Baptist one, it's going to have little things that's going to differ here and there than maybe uh, Lutherans or Presbyterians um, or Methodists. But it, it's all we're all pretty much on the same page for most of this stuff. So it's just kind of like a a broad statement here. Um, just kind of get a grounding of where we um, believe in stuff. And there'll be a lot of things that will be coming out of this series into that series well, because um, they're drawn out of the same same word of God, but um, that way it's also going to be easier for me, <clears throat> excuse me, that's why it's also going to be easier for me to write stuff down that I might have to kind of like throw things together on my own. I'll still working on my own script and tool it around my own way um, in discussing the topics, but it's also going to be a lot more or less work so I can kind of just relax a little bit. Yeah, I don't sound like I'm being lazy, but um, just kind of relax a little bit like hey don't no pressure just kind of relax and enjoy just doing podcasting and just doing podcasting to talk about god's word and just enjoying it and not being like pressure like oh this has to be like some kind of like sunday school or teaching series like no this podcast series as as i've been praying about it and think about it it's been more and more let me just talk about god's word um, i'm learning stuff i'm just talk about it and see you know put it out there and say hey this is what this is what the bible talks about and maybe talk touch on some topics that are going on in our in our current culture um because if your scripture if you're reading your scripture and you don't apply it to today's culture you don't understand scripture and you don't understand your culture that doesn't mean that i get to go read jeremiah and apply every single aspect of that they're going to apply today like no I, I can't i have to use the exegesis and say okay what what is what am I drawing out of there using my hermeneutics in the exegesis? What am I drawing out of it and what am I learning from that? And how am how is the text speak in the time that it was written to the people that it was written to? Get all that context in there, understand what they were going through, and then apply that to my day-to-day -day life with wisdom and patience and discernment, because I can't be like, oh, for, for you know the plans I had for you, says Lord, like Okay, unless you're a Jewish elder, that's not going to apply to me directly. Now, it is going to – the concepts do apply to us, but the actual verse itself – maybe I need to do a series about uh, – a quick little series about verses taken out of context. Maybe I should do like a separate podcast series called Out of Context. Um, that would be cool. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it's – that's kind of what – the, the series has, has been going through in, in different ways and, and here and there, but it's, um, uh, I'm just babbling, but, um, it's, it's one of those situations where I'm doing this. I enjoy it. I love it. Sorry. I've been, sorry. It's been a while, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just been real chaotic. And then we've been, then also the reason I also took long too, is we we're working on projects and I was busy. Um, so, uh, still doing projects here and there, but I'm trying to just, like, ease down. Well, it's not really ease down because projects at home kind of eased up a little bit here and there, but not really. I've kind of also gotten lazy on some of them, but I'm trying to get back into doing them. Like, I still need to put flooring in my sister's bedroom. They're, they're like, oh, we need our wood floor. Like, they have a wood floor, but I'm going to put a new one in there. Just It's a little nicer. Um, and uh, I built a patio in our backyard. Well... <laughs> I built a patio, something like elaborate, but what I did is I just put sand and 
rock down and then put paving stones on it and made it look all level and nice and as good as I possibly can. Um, I think it looks good, but you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not like professional. I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, uh, hire me to put your paving on. Like, no, I'm not a landscaper, but you know, I can I can do stuff. But anyway, I'm babbling there. But uh, some projects might be easing up here, but I'm actually now trying to get involved more in my church. And <laughs> so it's like, well, I ease up there, but I'm also putting myself involving there and all well all together I'm trying to be more intentional with my time management it, not my time because my time is usually revolved around me I'm, you know, I'm single and so my time doesn't isn't dependent really on anybody like I, I have obligations to my family obviously excuse me but it's nothing that's pressing um, but I want to make myself intentional um, and in serving and in friendships and stuff like that so i'm trying to like re retool myself like you know, a new year's resolution but not a new year's resolution like let me just try to do do things here and there and you know trying to do it just to be productive and keeping myself from wandering and being lazy but that's a lot of babbling that i've been doing here but yeah i'm back um starting this new episode episode four i'm keeping the sabbath and i'm really excited to get into this one and seeing where it goes and and what we're going to do um i may not do this episode i'm recording this before i will do that but usually what i do is when i break my podcast episodes down i break them down into like different points bullet points so like the first bullet point i'll be going into after this introduction is going to be what is the sabbath so we'll just break down the what is the sabbath what i want to do between those two bullet points is i want to kind of do like a little catechism like in some podcasts like during the break time that's when the the sponsor or you know advertisement for stuff would would pop up but i want to do is because i don't have sponsors or advertisements i want to do like catechism things or like little little three minute things that i'll I'll read off (laughs) real quick um maybe some music in the background as my little uh trailer thing so if you hear those pop up that's that's what's going on in, in those um what the heck was that but that's that's kind of what i'm planning on doing here in the future i may do it this episode i may not depending on if i forget or if i have time to do so so yeah but let's get started and see what god has to say in his word on the fourth episode or the fourth commandment the last commandment in the first table of law keeping the sabbath The Baptist Catechism. Question 1. Who is the first and chiefest being? Answer. God is the first and chiefest being. Verses to back this up. Isaiah 44.6, Isaiah 48.12, and Psalms 97.9. Brought to you by Teaching Truth and Training Hearts by Dr. Tom J. Nettles. Know what the Bible says. There we go. All right. So, oops. I tried to drink my coffee, and that didn't that didn't work very well. <laughs> I took it. I took the drink of that coffee, and I took it a little too vigorously, and it kind of went down my beard a little bit. Oops. You know, I'm 22, and I still act like I'm two. At times, I forget how to do basic things like drink. But anyway, <laughs> oh, 
So we're going to get started into um, uh, just the text, and we're going to be um, in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. That's that's where we'll be camping today in, in our in our broad text. Um, and that's where we'll be camping because obviously this is the text we're in today, I guess. But that's um, what, we're, what we'll be discussing. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to give a little exposition. Is that the right word? A little background behind the text a little bit kind of breathing some information into it to kind of like lift the text out a little bit that helps to help me go oh wow this text is really cool it's really heavy there's, there's a lot of stuff in this text there's a lot of words in this text it's not just like you shall not murder all right won't murder shall not commit adultery oh, all right won't commit adultery it's like this this one is a lot of a lot of words um <laughs> so it's interesting though how some of the commandments are simple and some of them are heavy um uh, in, in word but it's just it's just cool how, how god um gave us his his law in the different ways that he, he has given to us in the way that it was written so anyway with before we randall talking too much i can't speak right now um we're just getting right in the text so exodus 20 verses 8 through 11. remember the sabbath day to keep it holy Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female servants, or your livestock or your sojourners who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." lot there <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of stuff um in that text and there's a lot of misconceptions about the sabbath in our current culture today um you know we got people over here that says you know oh we need to go back to you know the jewish way of the sabbath or we need to we don't need the sabbath anymore the sabbath is, is it doesn't apply to us anymore um and you got people fighting over when the Sabbath is it on Saturday, like traditionally, is it on Sunday? Um, and I got texts that I support that I think the Sabbath actually is, um, the new Sabbath is actually on Sunday, that we don't celebrate Saturday. And all at the same time, every day is also the Sabbath. Um, but we'll get into that as we as we go. But just to kind of a background of the Sabbath, this is what the Oxford, Oxford Dictionary says the Sabbath is. Um, and I quote, a day of religious observation and of abstinence from work, kept by Jewish people from Friday evening to Saturday evening, and by most Christians on Sunday. Unquote. So right there, you kind of get, you know, you you get what God's talking about in the in the text, but also the Oxford Dictionary kind of helps simplify it a little bit and kind of brings it out, saying, hey, it's it's a day of religious observation and absence from work. So that's that's what it is. It's a day of rest. The, the Sabbath means rest. That's what it means. The word is just means to be resting. Um, so this day that the Lord has has set aside, it's quite interesting when you think about it. That that six days you shall labor, and on the last day you shall rest. Um. And that that does come a little odd to at least to American culture, 
um, to some extent, because we're such workaholics, we're, we're uh, not sure if you knew this, I didn't know this, but I found this out that America is one of the highest countries in the world that has the least amount of vacation time for their employees because we just work so much. Like a lot of other countries have like months of vacation time, but we only have like a couple of weeks and if that, um, so it is interesting on, on work, but at the same time, we're also a culture that's also based off of laziness in a lot of ways too, where we just like all oh, the weekend, I get to not do anything. And then we do work and projects. <laughs> so, so like we're the, the resting, we go from resting, you know, working to work rest in a way. Um, but it's a different kind of work it's it's a work that we get to do and a work that we've chosen so it feels better and there's there's nothing wrong with that at all but um i'll get into that a little bit as we go but but yeah it's just it's just interesting that god is giving this nation of israel this new nation he's saying okay i've drawn you out of egypt um and uh, i'm you're gonna work six days and on the seventh day you're gonna rest and um, we you actually go down in some of the texts. I, I have it down somewhere. I can't remember exactly where the text is. I think it's later on in Exodus. Or it might be Deuteronomy. I can't remember right now. I will find it later. <laughs> I have my notes and I'm like, I don't know. But the punishment to not obey the Sabbath is death. So, wow. Yeah, the, the you would think a, a day a day of rest is is the the punishment to not do that is death so a lot of pressure <laughs> a lot of pressure there um but at the same time there's also not a lot of pressure there because i you know listen to my pastor this past week and he's like you know you know then you know the best way to not get caught up you know the best way to not um have to remember a lie is to just don't lie you know, the best way to not get caught in, you know, in, in stealing is just don't steal. It's like, just don't, and you won't have to worry about it. You know, here it's like, just rest. Don't, don't worry about it. Just, just rest. Um, take a load off. Um, so it's pretty simple. These, all these commandments, all the 10 commandments are very, very, very simple. Um, you know, you know, there are gods before me. It's pretty, pretty simple. Um, you know, no graven images. That's pretty simple no taking the lord's name in vain it's pretty simple to keep the sabbath um on your parents don't murder don't adultery don't steal don't lie don't covet you know you know these are things that are are, are um pretty simple in in concept but very hard to live out practically because of our sin from adam but as i was going through this this text it, it kind of struck me a little bit kind of like oh wow i i didn't realize that but put yourself in the jews situation here they've been enslaved for 400 years in egypt right 400 years of enslavement and god draws them out of that situation and he says rest you know you're gonna work you're gonna work you have to work you know you're gonna have to work it's it's no a man is lazy you know i'm not gonna have lazy people but i want you to take a day and rest um and a, a day for me but uh, you know to, to reflect off me but but rest take a load off and you know the jews went from one master a harsh cruel master to a good master a loving master 
And drawing out of that, you kind of see this like salvific picture too, where we go from the one master, which is sin and death and our flesh and ourselves, um, which is cruel and heavy and hard. And then we go to this new master, Jesus Christ, who is, you know, going to take our burdens and it's in its light and it's, it's not a load, heavy, you know, heavy load for us to bear. It's, it's light. His burden is easy. So we get pictures too. It's the, that's the thing about scripture is scripture. You need to read the scriptures as, as what it says, what it says and what it means in the context of what it's saying. So you know, I can't go off and read, you know, thou shall not murder and say, well, that means thou shall not go and dance. Like, like, no, <laughs> like that's not what the text means. It's not what it says. Um, I don't even think you could even, <laughs> okay. I can't say I don't think you could, cause I know someone could make an argument that that commandment means to not dance. I, you can do so many gymnastics. You can make the Bible say whatever you want to say, but if you keep the Bible in its context, um, in the correct context, not your own context, but the correct context, it says what it means and it means what it says. Um, but then as you study scripture more and you know, and you get to know Christ more and you get to know how he is and you get to see that the scriptures all talk about Jesus. And so you get to see little, little, little sprinkles here. And sometimes it's more, more blatant and more pungent than others. And sometimes it's like, I, is that Jesus? Is is that Jesus over there? Is talking about Jesus? That that kind of reminds me of Jesus. I don't I don't know. And then we don't need to force Jesus into anything because that's what we shouldn't do. Because then we're trying to interpret Scripture our own way. But we need to let Scripture be its own self. And yet, at the same time, as we get to understand Scripture, we store more Scripture up in our in, in our hearts, and we get to store it up and learn more and meditate on and chew on it. Then we get to see, oh, okay. I think. There's a little bit of Jesus there. There's a little bit of Jesus there. I think that might be Jesus over there. And then, then sometimes you get like the vision of Isaiah. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that's Jesus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Jesus. But then you get to to texts like the Ten Commandments. And like, where's Jesus in that? And then, you know, sometimes it's easier to see and sometimes it's not. And so there's just this little sprinkles of the gospel all, all throughout Scripture. And that's just a cool part to see God as the great, great storyteller. Um, I like what Doug Wilson says. This is it says um, God tells great stories. God tells the best stories, and He does. God tells the best stories. Um, as a kid, I was always like, you people are like, oh, go read the Bible. You know, it's got some of the best stories and kings and queens and fights and stuff like that. And it's like, I never cared. I was like, all right, yeah, whatever, cool. I'm gonna go watch a movie or play video games, whatever. But as I've matured, and I'm like, God does tell the best stories, like. Um, I get to read like I've gone I've gone I went through First Kings a while back as my Bible study and um, I'm just like wow this is cool like I didn't think I would like like enjoy you know that kind of situation but it's like oh that's just cool and then the, then they go through it and you see God working through those lives and through the sin of the people it's like wow God you're awesome you do tell the best stories um, so yeah it's just it's cool that, that you can see these Israelites who came out of enslavement and their their mindset was most likely we're going to work until we die we're going to work until we die and not only that when when moses came and started telling them to let people go their labor got harder and harder and harder because of um a pharaoh's heart to being hardened by the lord the lord is hardening his heart and so um 
And then they come out of this this enslavement, literal enslavement, and they're free. They're free to be a people. They're free with 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 rules, and that's why God's giving God's giving them rules and boundaries. Like you, is like God's like I built this, you know, like I think of this backyard, like this big huge backyard. Like you can do what you want to do, you know, do what you want to do out there. But I have fences, and you should not cross the fence. Those are boundaries for a reason. Just like in the garden, God gave Adam and Eve everything. Like, go do it. Do what you want to do. Subdue the earth. Multiply people and <laughs> make people. And you do that. Just don't eat the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. Just don't eat it. This is the only one rule. That's it. Like I said, just don't eat it. He didn't say don't look at it, don't touch it. He just says don't eat it. That was the only rule. And yet we're, we like to break the rules. We like to be God. So here as the <laughs> go down in the, in the text um the, the interesting part about the sabbath is that there is a lot of misconception on the sabbath and even for me there's a lot of misconception and in a kind of point where i had to kind of repent a little bit on my viewpoint of the sabbath because i didn't care <laughs> to, to be honest i didn't care about the sabbath and i'm and i'm still working on understanding the lord's day and then understanding every day is the Lord's day. But, you know, understanding that we go to church not because we have to, but because we get to. And not because we get to, because especially in America, we live in a free country, we get to go to, to church. But no, we, in Christ, we get to fellowship with other sinners, with other previous Recovering, you know, uh, I like what one or we'll sidetrack here. Pastor says, you know, like marriage is two recovering sin addicts living together, and and that's what it is. Like all these sinners, all these sin addicts coming together in one building, who are trying to overcome their addiction to sin, and and singing and listening to God's word and being encouraged and being cut by the word, and oh, it's frustrating, but also it's good to hear. And helping each other out and just enjoying God and enjoying each other's presence through Christ and just understand this is what Christ has done. Like, man, look look at that person over there. Like God's grace is so awesome that he saved him. And like, oh God's grace that he saved him too. And oh God's grace that he saved me. And it's like you're just gonna see God's grace. It's just cool to get it's encouraging. But we don't go go there just to get encouraged, we go there to learn to be obedient. And it's just it's a good it's a good thing to have church. It's not just a, it's a thing we do because we're Christians and we do it, but why do we do it? And that's, that's where kind of this, this text comes through in here. And it's like, in showing, help showed me through, through this command is that it's, it's good. It's a good thing to set time aside for the Lord. It's a good thing to do that. Um, it's a really good thing to do that. So, um, one of the interesting parts about this text that I find quite, well, I find it amusing for some reason. I don't know how I find it amusing, but God says, you know, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. So he says, remember, he says, he says, it's a command. He says, remember, he does, he, God doesn't say, keep the Sabbath holy. He says, remember, because what do we forget? 
everything. <laughs> we forget everything to a certain extent. Like, right now, can you tell me what your pastor talked about in church two weeks ago, three weeks ago, last week? You know, can you remember what you did right in, in your Bible study? Or, you know, can how well can you remember concepts or Bible verses and stuff like that? How, how well are we at that? Well, if we're honest, we're pretty... We suck at that because <laughs> we forget so easily. So God does this weekly, a weekly thing because it's a, he schedules it for us. So it's a pattern, a repetition, which repetition very much helps us out. It's those things that people have found that very much helps us out is repetition and consistency. Helps us to remember things. And God just tells them to remember the Sabbath day. So it's a, look at this. It's a good thing. Remember it. Do it. And keep it holy. And keeping it holy is, is keeping it set apart. That's what holy means to be set apart. It is don't treat it like any other day. Don't treat it like any other day. This is this is a this is a good day. Treat this day is a special day. This is a day for the Lord. You know. So this day is for God. Um and, and not just like this day is for God. I need to worship God, but no, just this day. This day is for Yahweh. This day is for Jesus. This day is the day the Lord has made. And this, this is a special day. Um, so it's just good to just celebrate a time that we get to carve out for God alone. And just enjoy his, his presence. And then God says, you know, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Again, God's commanding the people. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. God says work. Do your work. So God's calling back to the garden. Subdue the earth. Do work. Do what you're supposed to do. Do the tasks that I have given you each individually and do them well. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So they're like, work. Don't be lazy. Do your best. But the seventh day is, is for me. And then, like, obviously, this is like, but I'm reading this, like, duh, Jordan. Yeah, that's, you know. Duh, <laughs> that's what it says. And yeah, but it's, it's this practical thing where God is like, work, and then on the seventh day, seventh day is the Sabbath for your God. And you shall do, and it says, on it, you shall not do any work. And and so you, you're, you're going to abstain from normal labor. And some people have taken this, and you can even see the Pharisees later on in the New Testament, that they took this sabbath a little too seriously <laughs> where it's like you become legalistic or you just they just stack things upon things and this may un unobtainable excuse me but no this this day is is not work it's not the normal labor you're supposed to be doing you're not supposed to be laboring like like you're supposed to because this day is a different type of day and then i love how god just bluntly just cuts through human loophole. <laughs> I just love this part where guys is like, you know what, do this. And then I'm also going to do some other rules because I know you guys are going to try to get past this because he knows human tendency to, to not listen. So he says, um, on it, you shall not do any work. You, talking to the individual, or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, 
or your livestock or your sojourner who is with you in the gates. So there, God's telling him, listen, you're not going to work. And then you're also not going to make anybody work for you to get around the working. Like, well, Lord, I'm not working. I'm not working. Yeah, but you're making them work for you. So you're in charge of them. Therefore, you're making them work. Therefore, you are working. I'm going to say, no, no one is going to be working. Not even your livestock or your soldiers. Not even, not even your people who are visiting your country. No one is supposed to work. Not even animals, not even sons. Or, and the thing is, the female, male and female servants, that's also good for them too because this is good for them. This is benefiting everybody. This is benefiting the head of the household, the children. This is benefiting the, the slaves. This is benefiting them that they get to have a time to rest their bones, to enjoy God, to enjoy each other. And then, the, and then strangers coming into the land get to observe a, a very odd thing. <laughs> like, well, why are you why are you doing that? Um, and uh, so it's just cool to see how how God just says no one's gonna work, and you're not gonna get a loophole around this. So no ifs ands or buts about about that. And then God goes into a into a little. Callback, you know, there's a little creation order. It says, For six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day, before the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So here, God says, It's in, in nature, in, in the way I've created things, in the nature, in the, in the nature order of, of things, the creation order, so it's, I should say, um, God has established a resting Yes, a time of, of um, uh, abstinence, abstaining from um, labor. Um, it, and it's cool that God calls. And God God doesn't say, all you shall labor and then rest and, and do that. God says, because I, I did that. I, I worked six days. And then on the seventh day, I rested. Um, so now you, my people, shall do the same. Um, so, so in, in, a, in a sense, God is also God. When God gives us a commandment, he doesn't give us a commandment that he himself does not follow. Um, now, God's resting is different than our resting because God also is controlling the whole entire universe, you know, and everything in it. But God's resting from actually creating things in actually, you know, ver verbally doing and creating order. He, he, he abstained from from doing that um but the the situation is guys like you do that and i did it so you also definitely should do it and so god god doesn't um god doesn't give us a commandment that he himself does not keep um god is always truthful to what he says and god is always on on the up and up on his end of the bargain you know the you shall have no other gods god has no other gods he himself is god alone and he knows who he is and he has no other gods before himself um the trinity um, uplifts and worships each other as 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 they do and they communicate and they have no other gods before them god and then god says i know i know of no other gods before me um later on in the scriptures and isaiah so we have that and, and um no graven images. The Lord is not going to make a graven image of himself. So, because he's going to keep 
himself unique to himself. He's, God's not going to make anything that's going to compete with him. Um, even though we think we can compete with him, he's not going to. Take the Lord's name in vain. The Lord is truthful to his how he wants to be worshipped, and he's truthful about himself. Kept the Sabbath, the Lord rested on the, on the seventh day. We're truthful about that, and, and how he shows us, um, you know, the honor of the Father. Christ honors the Father. You know, commit adultery. The Lord has never committed adultery. The Lord has never broken covenants with anybody. He's never broken a covenant. He's always been true to his end of the deal. We've always broken it. Shall not murder. The Lord does not murder. Um, and we'll go on and get to that one. Lord does not. The Lord does not murder. He, he can kill. He can take away life. But Lord does not murder. The Lord gives and takes away. But He's not murder. The Lord doesn't steal. The Lord doesn't lie. The Lord doesn't covet. Um, so there's there's all these things where where the Lord does it and says ah don't do this. And yet it's like well God you do that and like no I I don't do that. So. You know, God, God is a good, a good God because he gives us his commandments, but at the same time, he so obeys them perfectly. So, a little ramble there, but you know, it's my podcast, I get to ramble sometimes, and sometimes I might just get distracted and be like, oh, look at that, I didn't realize that. Uh-huh. Try to keep these things time crunched, that's one thing too, is, I was I think the cool part about me taking a break from the podcast because in my mind I was like oh I need to be professional and this and this and this and like you know what Jordan just have fun be diligent and be um, upward and the word and you hold it with care and diligence but just take a breather <laughs> take a breather man it's just fine it's fine so about the Sabbath in the in how we obey it like i said there is confusion on who obeys it some people are like oh we need to do this and there's people like i don't care who has the sabbath what is a sabbath it's like we only have the nine commandments you know like we don't have the ten with the fourth commandment we don't care um it's like okay well because some people think that okay so you know jesus comes and jesus you know i didn't come to abolish the law I come to fulfill it if you actually look through scripture, the Ten Commandments at different points in time are brought back into into light, or are re-brought, or are brought back in to to obey um, in the New Covenant. Um, and even though when Jesus is talking about let's say murder, it says you've heard it said, you know, murder shall murder, but I say even if someone gets angry. He's, you know, murdered his brother in his heart. Obviously, Jesus is saying this before the new commandment has been given. This is still being taught in the Old Testament because the new covenant has not been given yet at the Lord's Supper. But the concepts that Jesus is drawing on the text is he's he's expanding upon upon the Ten Commandments. And then we get to see the apostles talk about stuff about the covenants. Paul talks about the covenant of uh, the, the Ten Commandments in in, in Romans. Um, we get to see little bits, bits and pieces of here how I think that the Sabbath actually is on Sunday and how we obey Sunday as our new Sabbath throughout this, the way the church practiced things and how the church has practiced things through for 2,000 years. <laughs> so we obey the commandments now, but we don't obey the commandments on this side of the cross to keep our salvation. We obey the 
commandments because of our salvation. We obey them because we want to please God, but not to earn anything. Just because God, you're good, and I, I don't, I don't want to keep on sinning. Uh, show me how to do good things. Show me how to please you. Show me how to be obedient. Um, and so the commandments help us as a compass to help direct us in the right way to say you shall not murder and just like well this is also what murder looks like too in the heart attitude and we go whoa this is way serious than i thought and like yes this is what you need me this is what you need my sacrifice and we go okay jesus thank you trust you help me to not even have the thoughts of anger it's like all right help me not have the thoughts of lust and like, so so the commandments now are our compasses our guides that help us through um, there's still commandments or things that we don't choose and not to choose to do. There's still commandments, but they're they're not for us to earn a salvation, but they're because of our salvation that we get to obey them in, in obedience. So, hopefully you get that. I'm not going to keep repeating myself like 50 times. I have a tendency to do that. But anyway, so the, the situation that by the time you get to the New Testament, um... <laughs> We well even even in the Old Testament too, we get to see that the people are starting to quickly be disobedient, and how you just see the heart of man just go constantly over and over and over again back to self. And I like what Isaiah twenty nine thirteen says, and it applies to even today and how we interact with God's word and in the Sabbath. Isaiah twenty nine thirteen says, and the Lord said, because this people drew near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by man so right there the people honor if you can see me you know air quotes they honor me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are so far from me they're so distant you can barely even see them is, is their hearts even there do they even have hearts? Um, they don't fear the Lord. The commandments are taught by men, not by God. We They've built so much stuff up, and they're reconstructing God's law and what they interpret it to be, that they don't, they don't care. In those days, they, they didn't care. And Jesus even expounds this in, in Matthew. He even... Get the, there we go. He even mentions this too in Matthew 15, 8, 9. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me in vain. Do they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of man? Jesus is quoting Isaiah here. And he brings it even into the first century Jewish culture. And the heart of two still the same. We're talking few hundred we're talking you know if, if i if i if i remember the math correctly we're talking about um, 500 600 years between isaiah and jesus i could my math could be wrong i'm drawing something in my head i could be wrong don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure we're several hundred years before be, apart from each other and the people's hearts are still the same the heart is still the same and then you fast forward to the modern day church and we can apply this. I apply this to myself. I'm like, I honor God with my lips and my mouth. You know, I, I put on church. 
I go to church, I dress up, I pray, I read my Bible, but my heart, it's its distant from God. It's, it's not wanting the things of God, it's still wanting to do my own things. And, and so I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the things that makes God happy. And then I want to go for the doctrine of man and not the teachings of the Holy Triune. God. So here we get to see. Oops, that was bad. Let's, let's try that again. Let's, there we go. Hopefully, it doesn't make any weird sounds on the on the um, microphone. But anyway, I really just realized. I hope that this is recording. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, this our hard attitudes. Um, are just so bent on on ourself and, and not to God and and that if God has given us this day of observation and reflection off of him and we either want to build up walls and say you must or we want to tear it down and say it doesn't matter live and do what you feel like is the best and both are so wrong. Like, we do need walls and structures for the Sabbath. We do. Okay? I do think there are things that we need to be careful of. But at the same time, let us also just enjoy the freedom we have in Christ. Um, and so, there's this, there's this mixed bag here where it's, um, you know, what, let's be careful where our attitudes are. Toward, towards God because I, I don't want to be this person that that is you know honoring God with his lips I'm with my lips and my mouth but my heart is so far from from God I, I like one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 51 look it up here do, 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 do. Psalm 51 and the end of it and, and David just just gives this uh, kind of really good punch in the gut. This is after with Bathsheba and killing of Uriah and his child is born, child dies. And so this commandment is David's lament and repentance to God. And he ends this Psalm 51, starting in verse 18. He says, do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem then will delight in the right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. The bulls will be offered on your altar. So right here, you get to see this, like he's going to do good in Zion in his pleasure. But the thing about it, that the cool is if you read that and it's like, oh, okay, so, you know, burnt offerings and, and, and bulls and all ultra like, oh, okay, so David's doing, doing good. He's, he's getting back on the horse, you know, but what precedes that in verse 16 he says for you will not delight in sacrifice or i would give it you will not be pleased with burnt offering sacrifice of god or a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart O god you will not despise then he goes on he says do good to zion and your good pleasure build up build up the walls of jerusalem then delight then then Will you delight in the right sacrifices and burnt offerings and the whole offerings and the bulls and 
will be offered on your altar. It doesn't matter what we do with our offerings. It doesn't matter how much time we pray, how much time we read Bibles, how much time we uh, give to the church or money. <clears throat> Those are all good things and things that we should do. But if our hearts are not for God and they're not for God alone and not for Christ and Christ alone and then just be consumed with him, why do it? What's the reason? There's no, there, we should, it's, it's pointless. It's pointless. Because it's not for God, it's for ourselves. So, so yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of right, right there. Um, and so now I was trying to transition here, like a transition time, I guess. Um, but um, now we're going to talk about, um, the Sabbath was never done away with in the New Testament. Um, so let's dive into that and it's a really awkward forced transition. The Baptist Catechism. Question two. Ought everyone believe that there is one God? Answer. Everyone ought to believe that there is one God. Verses to back this up. Hebrews 11.6 And it is their great sin and folly who do not. Psalms 14.1 Brought to you by Teaching Truth and Trading Hearts by Dr. Tom J. Nettles Know what the Bible says. So, as we're going to talk about the Sabbath number done away with in the New Testament, um, it was just shifted and tooled. And the reason that is, is because of Jesus. So, shocker, 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 shocker. It's all about Jesus. Ooh, bet you didn't see that coming. No, but it's it's all about Jesus. And so when Jesus gives, you know, he's, he's given the um, Lord's Supper with his disciples. He's, he's given them a new commandment. And so the new covenant, the new testament is now in play. Um, and to seal that new testament and to to bring in the new kingdom, the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is near, and the kingdom of God is here, is Jesus' sacrifice. Um, so he will seal this covenant with his own blood. So John nineteen thirty. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Right there. Boom. The new covenant has been sealed. And it will be, um, and, and then, so the covenant is sealed there. And then we have complete and utter confidence in our salvation when Christ raises from the dead because he conquers sin and death. So then we have full confidence in Christ because he's just given the final blow to our two enemies and boom we're excited now the new kingdom now we, now we go forth and we create commission and what do we do as the church what are we gonna do we preach Christ crucified <laughs> but we do it in a way that um, resembles the old ways but at the same time 
doesn't. It's completely, completely different. Um, and so we have a brand new Sabbath. Our brand new Sabbath is resting in Christ. We rest in Christ now. We rest in what he did. And Isaiah kind of gives us allusion to a new way in the future that we have now. Isaiah 66, 22, 23. Starting at 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offerings and your name remain from the new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. So kind of gives a little like glimpse that there's going to be a newness, a new Sabbath the Sabbath, you know, flesh and worshiping. Like, what's going on here? There's a little, little what's going on? <laughs> and and what it's picturing is, is Christ. And not just Christ here, but also Christ in in heaven and in the new creation so kind of get this newness this new newness but also has a taste of the old like we're not getting away with the old we're not doing away with the old and say ah that's it that's old it's, we don't we don't care about that no god takes the old enough and and breathes in this life with christ that that makes it new but still you know the old ways but also new but not in the old ways of of to earn yourself because the old ways i mean you, okay i'll tell you this you can still try to earn your salvation go ahead i go ahead earn your salvation god's sitting on stone like, all right do it but you have to do everything perfectly and not to your standard of perfectly, God's standard of perfectly. <clears throat> you have to be completely and utterly perfect. Give you a couple seconds to think about that. Might want to take the option <laughs> of Jesus. Because he did it for us. And yeah, it's kind of a kind of a better way of going about it but it's true it's jesus did the work yeah um like a shylin song he's talking to talk about um a sufficiency of christ and what christ did and he says i guess you can say we've been saved by works we have been saved by works not our works but christ's works the works that christ did not just on the cross but in his perfect life and, and not just that, not just back then, but in his continuation to, and his continuation to also obey the Father too, and, and to honor the Lord, and to be committed to his bride. Um, so he's always a man of his word. Always a man of his word. You can always trust what God says. So, you know, we get this, uh, this cool thing about the new Sabbath. So I'm gonna I got these verses kind of lying here. We kind of get this little little setup of of kind of how we get to paint a picture of why we worship on Sunday. So um, the new Sabbath is on Sunday. Can anybody tell me? Obviously not. But can anybody tell me why it would be on Sunday and not on Saturday? 
Hmm, there's something important about a Sunday in church history. The resurrection. All right. So Matthew 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. Now, if you know the rest of that part, they were going to go to a tomb to finish the ritual of the body of Jesus, and they show up, and he's ain't there. He ain't there. He's gone. And you're like, what the heck? And the angels are like, what are you seeking the living among the dead? <laughs> like, have you not read, guys? Told you about this. Freak out. And they go to the disciples, and they all, and the disciples come, you know, Peter and John come out, and they're all like, what's going on? And they go back, and they're so confused what just happened. Blew their mind. So we get to see little little snippets here that Sunday is the new Sabbath. It's the new exciting day that we get to um, get excited about. Now, another one is Pentecost. Pentecost was the first church service. After the resurrection and all that, Jesus sends and tells me to be commissioned. Pentecost is the, as they're waiting like 40 days or whatever after the resurrection, I think it is, waiting for the Spirit to come upon them. The Spirit comes upon them in the tongues. And um, so Acts, 20, Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Sounds awful like church. <laughs> all a bunch of believers gathered in one place. And Pentecost is on Sunday. That's a Sunday. That's that's the day. Um, if you I think before we get the math from the forty days from resurrection to Pentecost, it's Sunday. So it's Sunday. So they gathered on another Sunday. So we get two special things happening on Sunday that um, we kind of get to see here and there. Um, the Apostle John, the vision of Revelation, the Book of Revelation, happened on a Sunday. Um, revelation. Uh, Revelation um, 1.10 I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now, it says, on the Lord's day, the Lord's day is um, Sunday. <laughs> That's what you get to see the traditional way, and as you read the New Testament, Lord's day is Sunday. Um... In Acts 27, we get to see that the church naturally started gathering together on Sunday. So Acts 27, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, in, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Sounded awfully like church. <laughs> Paul is preaching. Um... And he prolonged his speech. And holy cow, that's a long church service. All right, that's a long church service. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have a problem with you know an hour to two hour long service. Think of like we're like, no, Paul, keep preaching, please, keep telling us about Jesus. And it went till midnight. Think about how that was. Think of that true church pastor. No, don't stop. Keep telling us more about Jesus. Not telling us to do that to be legalistic, but just like just think about that. Like, get to see this this pattern of people gathered. Someone teaching, and even you go back to Pentecost, Peter stood up and started teaching. 
Um, so we get this this pattern here of, of teaching on Sunday. Um, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 2. Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also um, are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so there will be no collecting when I come. So this first day of the week thing. No, this first day of the week, each of you put something aside. So we get this little pattern here of, you know, I, I encourage you to go, you know, I, you know, I, I think that Sunday is the day that we gather because it's the day of resurrection and it's the day that the church has been traditionally practicing for 2000 years. Ever thought about that way? Ever thought that because of that, the resurrection is the day that we um, gather because of the, the significance of that day. And the first church service, Pentecost, they gathered and the believers started recognizing the first day of the week as a special day to gather. And the church has traditionally been following the same pattern for 2,000 years. Uh, people might do it a little bit different here and there, but for the most part, we all gather. It's a tradition that we follow that no one directly may have told us here and there, but we do it because of the significance of the day. So I also encourage you to go do a little, do a little um, investigating yourself. So, you know, I find it's kind of, kind of interesting, kind of, kind of cool that, uh, so kind of, kind of cool. Now we also need to be careful that we don't take the Sabbath day as so we don't make an idol out of it. <laughs> so we got to be careful. We also need to be careful that we that we be very careful with it. Um, and part of the reason, kind of tagging back earlier. You know, we give the Pharisees a bad rep, and and rightly so. I'm not trying to get them off the hook. Put yourself in their shoes. So here's here's something from um, Nehemiah 13:15. In those days, I saw in Judah people treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing heaps of grain and loading them on donkeys, and also wine grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them on the day when they sold food. So here you get these people that are just completely ignoring the Sabbath. I mean, they're just completely ignoring the Sabbath. And Nehemiah is warning them. It's a warning. There's a curse. Is, you know, don't do this. Um, and so, you know, the Syrians come and the Babylonians come and bring them all in captivity. And so then they come back, you know, to Jerusalem. It's, they're not free in the sense of free, but they're free to be in their own country again. They're still underneath ruling from them but pardon and blessing and then you get these people like they look at the scriptures and they're like we, we we can't fall in that same path again so let's do this to keep the sabbath holy well let's do this to keep the sabbath holy and then generations go to generations go to generations go to generations and finally you're so far down the rabbit hole it's like you're not even allowed to make a fire you know on on the sabbath and it's like why because it's a day of the holy of the lord and Jesus comes in in Matthew 12, 11 through 12 and says, 
He said to them, Which one of you has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of which, of, uh, how much more value is a man than a sheep? So is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So we get this idea that on the Sabbath. So we get this idea that Jesus is like, listen, even even you would help your sheep out. Because after Jesus healed a man, and he's like, listen, people are way more important than sheep. And you would go get a sheep, even on the Sabbath. So, hypocrites, hypocrites, don't be putting burdens on people that you can't, that, that they can't keep, and that you're not willing to keep. And this thing, too, is, is, is we go through the Christian life, we, we need to be careful with the Sabbath. And if we got brothers and sisters that think their church, they need to gather on Saturday, let them. <laughs> let them. Um, you know, let, let them do that as long as they're gathering and preaching the word correctly. <clears throat> do it. Um, if you, you know, that's the thing is we can't judge them now. Is there open time for discussion for that? Oh, yeah. Discuss it. Talk about it. Like, hey, man, why do you grab right on, you know, worship on Saturday? You know, if there's an open time to discuss it, feel free to discuss it with your brother. It's fine. There's no, no problem with that at all. But we also need to make sure that we're also being um, obedient too, and that we're not just blindly just saying, oh, you can't do that, or you can do this, blah, blah, blah. Because there is. There is Christian liberty in in this Sabbath that we can't put in each other. And it's like, even if we go to church and you know someone hasn't been going on a regular basis, and we're going judging them like, oh, you can't, you're not going to church, you're bad Christian. There is time to come alongside your brothers and just say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How have you been? You know, and encourage them and. If, loving discipline has to come in and say, hey, thank you, you need to start coming back to church. That that needs to be there, but we also need to not end up like the Pharisees who just heaped so much stuff on Sabbath that it was just unbearable. Um that they just could not bear that load. Um so we need to be careful on how we do that. And we also need to be careful in our hearts that we don't bear a load about church on ourselves. Because Sunday should be a time for us to enjoy God and just enjoy who he is. Love one another, you know, build each other up, help each other in their walk, help rebuke each other and love and, and stir up good conversation and just confess our sins to one another. That's what it needs to be. It's not about the music, the pastor, the people, what they wear or not. And are there times where we do need to be concerned of what the pastor is preaching? Yes, we do. We need to be like the Bereans, checking everything that they say and compare it to Scripture. Always be checking what the pastor says compared to Scripture. Our music should be compared to Scripture. Is that is that worshiping God? Like we talked about the last episode. Is, is this music actually worshiping God or is it worshiping myself? Like, What's going on here? You know, if someone comes in with clothing that 
probably shouldn't be worn in church. Like, we're not talking like, you know, is it past the ankle or up past the ankle, past the knee or whatever. Christian liberty, guard your own eyes, but also at the same time, make sure and lovingly that if that's your check your heart before you judge your brother or your sister about what they wear. Um, take the log out of your own eye before you go judge them. But do it lovingly. Because like Paul said, you know, if I and if you know if I haven't loved, I'm like a clanging symbol. I can speak the tongues of angels, but that log, I, 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 I'm useless. And so we need to be careful on how we do things to one another. There's there's a time and a place for everything, and we need to make sure that we're we're doing it correctly. Um. So yeah, obviously, you know, your pasture goes up in short shorts and a crop top probably suggest maybe leaving the service for now or um don't know the situation but um possibly have a con um, talk with your pastor be like all right pastor what's the deal why why are we wearing this <laughs> you know situation and you have someone that comes in you know who's a church member in a bikini might want to have a talk with them <laughs> just maybe not you maybe someone else i don't know maybe you're not the best person to talk or pray about it but like hey what's, what's going on um but if a non-believer comes in like that let's hold that situation way more lovingly because like listen you know i love you shoot the gospel you know we want to cover you your sins first. We want to cover the sin. We want to bring you to Jesus. We want to show you Jesus and how his blood covers your sin and, and you get to come into repentance. And and let's work on on this. Like why are you why are you why are you doing this? You know just don't really bizarre just throwing some really bizarre situations out there, but like trying to get some of the gravity of some of the stuff. Like, yeah, there's time and place to go, oh, alright, alright, Pastor. Alright, let's not do that. But if your pastor's up in the pulpit and he preaches on you know eschatology and he's um you know he believes in different view than you do that's probably not something to divide on all right just just saying now if your pastor is preaching that you need to include some of your works into salvation that's time to possibly start being discerning a little more directly but we just need to be careful how we go into this christian life together i love matthew 11 28 through 30 come to me all who are labored and heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon and lean from me for i am gentle and low in heart and will find rest oh sorry, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light every time as i go into that verse and going through this i've this is bring this picture of Jesus being this massive bowl that just is ripped. It's just ripped bowl. I mean, we're talking like, dang, that is a big bowl. Um, so much of the yoke on the bowl might be a little bent a little bit because it quite can't fit around the massive muscle of the neck of the bowl. You're like, holy cow, man, that thing might snap like a toothpick. And then we come along like this little scrawny little almost dead 
cow. <laughs> like, we're just a little tiny guy. And then, like, if a strong wind comes, you blink and you might miss them. <laughs> like, you, you know, you draw on death's door. It's surprised that we can stay standing up. We're like a America in like a newborn giraffe here, okay? It's like, holy cow. And he puts yoke on us. And we walk this out together. Now, who's doing the actual burdening? He is. Who's really doing the weight here? Christ is. Christ is the one actually pulling the weight. We're laboring alongside him because we get to. And he brings that up. And he brings us into that. He brings us into his labor. He says, come. Come work with me. It's light. It's easy. You don't strive for it anymore. We do good. We please the Father. We please, you know, we please Christ, but, but don't do it for ourselves. We do it out of out of the love that He has for us. And we have the grace, and He just comes alongside us, and He just pulls us along and brings us in, into this sweet relationship. <laughs> like wow, wow, that's it's awesome. And and just how how our life gets gets to be going forward into the Christian life. So yeah, this is the Sabbath. Let us rest in Christ. Let us ultimately rest in Christ daily. Let us take that yoke upon ourselves and let us go, wow, thank you. Let's be grateful. Be thankful and delight in him. And praise him. And then tell others about him. <laughs> like, you need to know about this. Okay, you need to know who Jesus is. Why? Well, because... You know, he saved me from my sin, and you're a sinner too, and he saved you from your sin, and here's the consequences of your sin, and I know you don't want to hear it, because I don't want to hear it, but here you go. And however that looks, you just bring the gospel to people and say, hey, this is what you need to do, because you're a sinner, and the same what you need to do is not enough, because you need to go to Christ. Well, this is rest, but as Christians, let us just rest in Christ. Let us just rest and just not rest in the laziness like oh, I'm gonna lay my hammock and drink my lemonade and just not do anything. No, not that kind of rest. A rest in the labor, in less a rest in the field. We resting, we're resting the field. We're working, but our burden isn't isn't heavy anymore. It's light. It's easy. Um, and that's that's the cool part that that we get to see, um, in in the new covenant. So, so yeah. That's, that's about it. I, I, you know, Sabbath we worship. Oh, we do church on Sundays because we can see we kind of follow the tradition of um, the church, followed for two thousand years. I think it's kind of pretty cool. <laughs> um, we rest in Christ daily in our in the new Sabbath. Let us not be like, you know, the Pharisees or Israel or Israel, where we're just completely ignoring it. No, let's let's recognize the Sabbath as a as a special day. Let's set some time apart for the Lord. Let's set some time apart for Him. Let's carve out time for Him because He's awesome and He's our God, and we want to praise Him for it. Um, we don't. Let's not do it legalistically. Let's not do it where it's like, oh well, I study my Bible forty-five minutes a day and I pray for at least two hours. And you do anything less, you're not as spiritual as me. It's like, no, calm down. It's not, you know, it's not like that. 
awesome if that's what you're doing, but if you're doing the wrong attitude, it doesn't matter. Um, but just let's go into this together um, lovingly, patiently, and kindly, but all importantly, always looking at Christ and saying he's the reason that we do this. He's the one. Not me, but Christ alone. So wrap up. I am wrapping up, but the opposite. I kind of, kind of brushed on this, but the opposite of this commandment would be to ignore God, to work in our own power and our own strength to bring our own works to the gospel, for us to labor for the gospel in our own strength, and to miss out and to abandon the beauty that is the body of the church, the institution of the church that God set up for us, and to ignore that and say, no, I can do this on my own. I don't need you. I can do this myself. That's the opposite of this commandment. The, 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 the goodness of this command is, commandment is we rest in Christ, Christ alone. And then we come along our side of brothers and sisters through the institution of the church weekly and you know daily through friendships and fellowship throughout our week. And encouragement and help build each other up and, and recognize this is who Christ is. Oh, I feel this week. Oh my gosh, I got angry. I yelled. I did this. I did. I looked at something I was supposed to. I said something I wasn't supposed to. You know, whatever. And all right, great. You repented. Awesome. And I mean, you know what? I'm gonna repent of this stuff too. And now let's look at Christ. Like brother, let's make sure we're not falling a pattern of sin here. But brother, let's look at Christ. Let's look at Christ and and let's let's move to towards that. We'll fight this together by looking at Christ and Christ alone. And, we, and we're just resting in, in what he did and we're just realizing that I can't save myself. I can't do anything. I'm, gonna, I'm going to rest. I'm going to have my Sabbath in Christ. Christ is the ultimate Sabbath. So I've babbled on long enough. Um, it's me ranting and raving now. I'm trying to like, how do I end this episode? I don't know. I keep want to keep repeating myself over and over again about Jesus. You know, Jesus is kind of cool. Just saying, you know. <laughs> but no, it's it is cool to see um, this commandment that I just never really kind of glossed over, and I think some of us do kind of gloss over it in Christians. Like, oh, okay, the Sabbath, you know, you know, it's a that's a Sabbath. Yeah, but just to see the beauty of Christ in it now on this side of the cross, and to see the beauty of of Christ in the Sabbath and how it applies to my life. And how I can help, apply, help, help bring to light other people might apply to their life. Say, look, look how awesome, awesome Jesus is. So yeah. So I will be trying to do the next episode. I have it all written down. Um, the really, really fun one. <laughs> Honoring your parents, because let you know, me brother right here has problems with that one. <laughs> I have for many years, you know, just the submitting to authority aspect or I like to be in charge and I like to be right and I like to have my opinion known and to honor my parents, I kind of have to sacrifice that a lot um, because I, I like to be right, you know, that's how I am. So that one's been really fun and really kind of like, ouch. But also just also so cool to see, wow, how practical this is to just live out this in obedience. And it's me learning, and maybe me learning, how does this work 
with Christ. And that's just the cool thing about these this Ten Commandments series. It's just helped it's it's really just helped the Ten Commandments just become so bigger and better than I ever thought they were. It's like, wow, there's so much Jesus packed into the Ten Commandments. I'm almost makes me want to kind of do it over again. But maybe not right now, because <laughs> we're breaking our hearts during the Ten Commandments right now, but it just makes me want to go back over and study them again and go where you know where and where does this get deeper and deeper in, into the gospel. So now I'm really rambling, but uh, I hope you all have a blessed day and have an awesome rest of your week or whatever time you're listening to this. Um, so yeah, this has been Jordan Ham of a By What Standard Podcast. Go serve your king. <laughs>